Thank you, Pastor Matt. Hey, just a quick note on those blessing bags. A lot of times we think realistically, like if a little travel shampoo costs 59 cents and I can get a big bottle of shampoo for a dollar, wouldn't it be better to get one for the dollar? But if you're homeless, you don't want to be carrying a big bottle around with you. They won't do it. So we're asking for travel size. If you have some from motels that I'm sure most of you do or little soaps, they're looking for a little travel size where they get a health bag, a homeless person gets it, can use it for two days, and then three days they probably won't use anything, and then they'll get another blessing bag. So we are doing that with Kevin. Uh, he came on Wednesday night really passionate about just helping out the homeless people. And uh, we just want to make this, it's, it's one of our projects that we're doing on Wednesday nights. But if you want to be involved and start bringing items in like that, and then we're going to pack them up in bags, we sure do appreciate it. Well, good morning, and I'll tell you what, I am, I am excited about this series that we are finishing up this morning, Out of the Shallows. And through this past month, we have been laying down principles in order for you to go deeper in your faith wherever God may be leading you. Three weeks ago, we took a look at how Jesus wanted to lead Peter deeper. And we noted that it was a process. It just doesn't happen right away. Going deeper is a process. But when Jesus got Peter to the point of where he wanted him, he told Peter to let down his nets. And Peter was a little reluctant because he said, hey, I fished all night, haven't caught anything, but because you say so, I will. And when Peter let down his nets to the depths that Jesus showed him, it says the nets were so full that they began to break. He had to call for other boats. The boats began to sink because of the weight of the fish, and he had the catch of a lifetime. And you would think that was the blessing, but how many know it's more that it was more important than just fish? Because we took a look at how Jesus takes what we're concerned about, and he turns it into what he's concerned about. And what did he tell Simon Peter? Do not be afraid, for from now on you will catch men. Listen, we do not have to be afraid when God takes us from one point to another point. Because he always has a purpose. Two weeks ago, we took a look at the first principle where sometimes, you, you, at some point in your life, you got to pick up the fork and you got to feed yourself. We took a look at the book of Hebrews where the writer wrote to these Christians, second generation Christians, you're hard of hearing, you're slow to learn. You're still being taught. By this time, you should be teachers, but you still need to be taught the elementary truths. You desire milk over meat 
And you're so unskilled in handling this word. Solid food is for the mature who by, and here's the key, constant use. And we took note how it's not the church's responsibility for feeding you. It's your responsibility to feed yourself and to take yourself deeper. By constant use, have trained. And then last week, Pastor Matt picked up on that word train. And he gave us the second principle to go deeper. At some point, you got to get off the couch. And you have to start working out your faith. Continue to work out your salvation with fear and trembling. For it is God who works in you. How does God work in you? God works in you when you feed yourself. And as he begins to work in you, to your, to, to works in you, to will and to act. At some point, what God works in you, you have to work out. Work in what God is, work, work in what God is working in you. You have to work it out. But I, I want to stop for a moment, and I so appreciated Pastor Matt doing his uh, curls last week. I, I need to stop for a moment and give you a word of caution and some word of wisdom in regards to working out, which sort of leads to, well, it does lead to our third principle. I don't, has anybody bench pressed before? You bench pressed before? Bench pressing is something that when you work out, you should not do alone. You always need someone with you. You, you need a spotter. Like this guy who thinks, I, I got it. I, I got it. Oma. 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 And when all else fails. Oma. <laughs> Aren't you glad moms are always there when you need them? Or take example for, for this guy. I'm sorry. This is something you should never do alone. Hey, son, I, I got it. I'm okay. I'll just put a table on top of a table. You go and play. I don't need someone to spot. I'll, I'll just go up and attach the rope to where it needs to be attached. And you all know what's going to happen, right? Yeah, well, we, don't worry. He got up from it. But I'll tell you what. I have learned that when I go up ladders, thank God there's always hope. And I don't mean hope. I mean hope who foots the ladders. And I'll tell you what, moving is something you shouldn't do by oh yourself. <laughs> what an ingenious idea. I live on the third floor. I have no one to help me. Rope. I'll just wrap the TV up in a tarp okay. and I'll lower it down over in a rope. Listen, there are just some things you shouldn't do by yourself. Listen, you know how much I love to swim. But swimming is something. Listen, something. I don't care how good of a swimmer you are. Swimming is something you should never, ever do 
by yourself. There are a list of things in a category of things you should not do by yourself. And, and what I'm suggesting this morning is just perhaps faith is something we should not do by ourselves. We need to invite others in on this. Faith is something you shouldn't do alone, not if you want to go deeper. Principle number three, faith needs a friend. Faith needs a friend. Faith is something you're going to need to invite others on. Because I really believe faith falls under the category of something you shouldn't do by yourself. Now, you may be saying, well, why do you say this? Well, I'll give you some factors in a moment. But I want to go to the book of Hebrews again. Hebrews chapter 10. Hebrews chapter 10. As I said two weeks ago, Hebrews is a book that we really don't know the author of. And that it's written to second generation Christians. Where the writer is trying to push them forward. Because it's thought that some of them are thinking about going back to Judaism. And, and the writer is trying to push them forward. Would you stand as we honor the reading of God's word? Faith needs a friend. The writer says in verse 19, Therefore, brothers, since we have confidence to enter the most holy place by the blood of Jesus, by a new and living opened way through the curtain that is his body, and since we have a great high priest over the house of God, now, let me just pause for a moment to say this. The reason why I highlighted the word since, we see it twice. What is he referring to since? Since is there because he's referring to everything he has just written about in the last nine chapters. Since. And in the last nine chapters, you can read it. He tells who God is. He tells of the amazing things he has done for us. He tells us how incredible God is and gives us reasons why we should believe and trust in him. Since God is like this. And since he's done these amazing things. And since we see all his incredible ways and reasons why we should put our faith and trust in him. Since, therefore, therefore, he says, let me go on to how we apply this. Let's turn the corner now and take action. Since, therefore, now as we go on. Can you say with me all the words that are highlighted? Let us draw near to God with a sincere heart in full assurance of faith, having our hearts sprinkled to cleanse us from a guilty conscience 
and having our bodies washed with pure water. Let us hold unswervingly to the hope we profess, for he who promised is faithful. And let us consider how we may spur one another on towards love and good deeds. Thank you. You may be seated. Let us, not let me, not let you, not let them. Why does he say that, let us? Because faith is not just a me thing, it's a we thing. Faith is not just a me thing, it's a we thing. Our faith needs friends. And in this passage, I want to lay out three factors. What happens in the we that cannot just happen the same in the me. Three factors that happen in the we that just doesn't happen the same in the me. The first is this. He says, let us draw near to God. Let us draw near to God. To God. We are meant to pursue God. We are meant to pursue God and to experience God together. And there's something that happens when we're together that just doesn't happen the same when we're by ourselves. There's something that unique, something unique happens. And let me just take worship for a moment. Listen, I love my personal devotional time. I love when I'm in my office, in my corner, in my chair, with my coffee, with my Bible, singing some worship songs. I love that time. It's special. But it doesn't compare on a Sunday morning when I'm gathered together with the saints and we have corporate worship together. There's just something unique about that. There's something just unique being led by a spirit-anointed worship leader that ushers us into the presence of God. There's something about a gathering of God's children worshiping together. One of my favorite times and. And, and you guys can test this, boys. When we're at minister school or we're at district council and all the ministers are there worshiping the Lord together, it's powerful. There's something that happens that's greater with the we than with just the me in worship. Now listen, I, I love sitting down to study God's word. Read a verse, meditate, think about it. But I'll tell you something. It's something more powerful to sit down with a group of people and read God's word and hear their perspectives and insights on it as well that even takes you deeper further. On Tuesdays, we have our staff devotions, and we've been doing a book by R.T. Kendall, God Meant It for Good. It's the life of Joseph. And I can't tell you how many times I've read a chapter in his book, and all of a sudden we discuss it as a staff, and it's like the insights that Pastor Matt or Pastor Jamal or Pastor Todd or Pastor Bonnie that brings. It's like, whoa, I, 
I didn't even think about that. There's something that happens greater in the we studying the word of God than that's just the me. And I'll tell you something else that's so great about the we as we draw near to God. It brings a consistency to your faith. Because there are some difficult times. Let's, let's be honest. In life, there are times when it gets busy. There are times when it gets hard. There are times when it's easily to get distracted. And sometimes when the fire dwindles a little and all you have is no more flames and there's just some ambers, all I know is I know in my seasons of life when the fire has died, I'm so glad that there was someone else who came alongside and was able to fan back into flames the fire of God. There are times when my faith got a little cold and thank God for a friend whose faith was a little warm who was able to warm me a little. There's something that as we draw near to God corporately, as we study the word of God together, as we have a friend sometimes whose faith can warm us or fan us back into flames, there's something about the we that is greater than the me. And I'll tell you what, just the reverse is true. Sometimes you need to be the friend that has the warm faith to warm someone else who's cold. Or you need to be the one who fans into flames the fire of someone's fire who has gone out. It works both ways. Throughout my journey in Christ, I am so thankful for the we. We draw near to God. The second factor that I saw, which we can do that is greater than just the me. We hold on to hope together. Let us hold, and here's the key word, let us hold unswervingly. Let us hold unswervingly, unwavering to the hope we possess. Why? Because one of the inescapable, one of the unfortunate realities in life is there are things coming your way, seasons coming your way, where you'll want to swerve in your hope. Like in this Christian journey, you'll be driving down the highway full of hope for the future, full of hope for your family, full of hope in your relationship with God. And all of a sudden, out of nowhere, you're blindsided. Where you want to swerve or you want to pack it in. 
Or you just want to plain throw up your hands and say, what's the use? There is no hope. I give up. At that moment in life, thank God for the we. And it's not just about you. You're hearing about layoffs at work. Or perhaps someone just broke up with you. Somebody you love has gotten sick. Or you run into one of those many manger roadblocks in life. Divorce, job loss, the death of someone you love, a heartbreak, a rebellious child, a hospitalized child, a broken relationship, a devastating failure, a setback. And, and for a moment, you're like, what's the use? For a moment, you just want to take a long walk off a short pier. You're discouraged. You're distraught. You're depressed. You're dissatisfied with life. You're dissatisfied with church. You just want to run from God. You want to be like the psalmist in Psalms 55, verse 6. Come on. Oh, if I had the wings of a dove, I would just fly away and be at rest. Have you ever felt like that? And when that happens, and when that happens, not if, but when, I want you to remind you right now that, that when that happens, I hope you have a we in your life to help you hold on unswervingly. I hope you have someone right now who can remind you that yes, God is faithful. He hasn't left you. He's closer than you ever can conceive. He's going to hold you on through this. He's not going to take you out. You may be down for a moment, but you know that there's nothing that can separate you from his great love. Why? Because Jesus gets the last words. And in his own words in John 16, 33, in this world you will have trouble. In this world you have will tribulations, but take heart. I have overcome the world. And in this journey called life, the we becomes so important to help you hold unswervingly to the hope you possess. I told Pastor Matt on Thursday as I was, during this point, 
I got a prophetic inspiration. I don't get many prophetic words. And some prophetic words can be very simple. And the prophetic word is this. There is coming a time in your life will you, will, where you will be glad for the investment you made in the we and not just the me. There is coming a time in your life where you will be glad for the investment you made in the we and not just the me. Because we is greater than me. And through this life, there will be trials, there will be temptations, there will be tribulations. And I'm telling you what, man. You're going to need someone to hold on to through the valleys that you walk through called life. And thank God he sticketh closer than a brother. But there's nothing like someone physically holding you in those valleys. And calling. And praying. And hugging. And encouraging. And sending little note cards. You can do it. You can do it. Why? Because he who promised is faithful. Faith needs a friend where we can draw nearer to God, where we can hold on to hope together. And there's something even greater about the we than the me. And it's this third factor. We change the world. We change the community together. Let us consider. That word consider means this. Let us observe. Let us contemplate. It's to have intelligent insight on how we may spur some translations may have stir. But the best translation of the original word of the meeting comes from the King James. Let us provoke. Now, the problem with that word provoke is in today's language, provoke is sort of a negative terminology, but the intensity of this word provoke, the original word really literally means let us stimulate one another on, spur, stir, push. One of the things I love that's happening in our small groups is our community projects. And if you're in a small group and you're hearing about a community project that each group is supposed to do, you may be provoked. Good, I'm glad you're provoked because we are stimulating you. Think about this. Remember the Kelsey Project. The hospital workers, the first aid workers, the firehouse that we were able to bless. Not many people know, but... During the COVID 
quarantine when Stephanie had her Zoom meetings. She had two different Zoom meetings. Stephanie had, they took gift baskets down to Bartley and to the orchards, to the caregivers. They were so blessed. And now this semester, I hear of a group that are going to give Thanksgiving baskets out to needy families. Your walking group is going to walk around the, the reservoir just randomly handing out gift cards, random acts of kindness. Here, go have a coffee on us. Courtesy of First Assembly of God. I hear of other small groups that are doing for people within our church to encourage them. I hear of the blessing bags that are going to go help the homeless. There are going to be 10 community outreaches this semester. Next semester will be another 10. The following semester will be another 10. Can you imagine in one year we'll have 30 different outreaches to communities? Why? Because we is greater than me. I could never do that on my own. But together we spur, we provoke, we encourage one another to share the good news and the love of the love that the Lord has given to us. We is greater than me. Our faith needs a friend. And I'll tell you what, sometimes, listen man, I know, especially men, we, we like to be loners. But I'll tell you what, I am so thankful for three men in my life that at any given time, I can call and they'll be right there. Right there. There's coming a time in your life where the investment you've made in the we will be so much greater and so much more appreciative than just being by yourself. Let us draw near to God together. Let us spur one another on towards love and good deeds. Why? Therefore, let us not give up meeting together as some are in the habit of doing, but let us five times in this passage of Scripture, it emphasizes let us together as a church draw near to God, hold unswervingly to the hope, spur one another on. Why? Because we is a lot greater than me and your faith needs a friend if you want to go deeper. 
Would you bow your heads with me? Lord, I know that for some, this is more easier than others. Because in our personality, we may be an introvert, where someone may be an extrovert. Someone may need to be more public, while others are private. But Lord, as you want to take us from one place to another and go deeper, the three principles that we saw laid out is that we got to pick up the fork and feed ourselves. And then we need to work out what you're working in. We need to get off the couch and start working out what you've been working in. And this last principle that our faith needs a support group, needs friends, where we can draw near to God together and we can hold unswervingly to the hope together and we can encourage, we can spur, we can provoke to change this world, to change this community, to reach the lost for Jesus Christ. So I know for some this may seem a little uncomfortable. But I would encourage you to invest in the we. Because there's coming a time in your life where you'll be glad for that investment. And you'll have others to help you draw near and to hold and to encourage. Would you stand with me? We glorify your name. We glorify your name. We glorify your name in all the Father, as we first started this out, we saw that it was a process. And investing in the we just doesn't happen overnight. But Lord, I, I believe you are really speaking. I, I've never felt so strong that you are prophetically speaking specifically to men in this church of how we need to invest in the we. So, Lord, help us to break down our insecurities. Help us to overcome our 
comfortable levels and help us really to invest in the lives of one another so that we may truly draw near and hold unswervingly and spur one another on. We glorify what I'm going to ask some of you to do right now. Right out to your door on your left, my right, door number two is a maroon car. Is she still there, Dot? Is Dot still there? <laughs> she always gets the last word. Listen, I, she called me yesterday and her heart's broken to lose a granddaughter, 51 years of age, cystic fibrosis. Those of you who know Dot real well, could you just go and place your hand on her car and pray for her just in your own individual way? Just go out and give her support, give her love. You can't, I know we can't. But could we just, some of you know Dot real well, just go out there, put your hand on her, surround her, and let her see her church family. God bless you, love you, appreciate you. And um, listen, this, this past week when we got the call that there was one in our second service who tested positive on last Friday, that's why we do this. That person was among us because we had mass. All the people that she was around all tested negative. This person has no symptoms as well. So let us just be words that, you know, as we get tired, let us still observe social distancing, you know, elbow bumps. We, we, I, I thought of this the other day that if it wasn't for the mask, it could have been a hot spot. But we just keep doing what we're doing. God bless you.